The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In this economy, are you making the money you could be making? Welcome to High Yield with your hosts, Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. The old ways don't work anymore. So let Frank and Dave help you find new high-yielding opportunities. You can start by tuning in for the next hour. Now, here's Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. Welcome to High Yield, the show that's uh, devoted to exploring paths to prosperity in a very troubled U.S. economy. This is Frank Rolfe. With me, as always, is Dave Reynolds. And for those who got all excited that we have Rod Stewart as a guest star, unfortunately, that's not Rod Stewart talking now. That's me. I've got the norovirus. Uh, that's what some people call it here in uh, Missouri. So I've uh, lost my voice until uh, basically yesterday and still not fully recovered. But <clears throat> nevertheless, I am here, as is Dave, and we're here to go over some more high-yielding facts and figures. Now, we've been together the last... 13 weeks going over different ways to, to take a path to a better future in a, in a crummy U.S. economy. And, you know, we named the show High Yield because we thought it would give listeners a roadmap to better life using some pretty unconventional strategies that really, really work that we've, we've both used. And we thought we'd go back through that list today and kind of recap the highlights of these last 13 weeks and the similarities between the different opportunities we've gone over. And uh, we'll start off with one of our favorite uh, high-yield opportunities because it's one that we are so heavily engrossed in, and that is mobile home parks. Right. And, you know, with mobile home parks, you know, you know currently we own uh, about 75 mobile home parks out there and, you know, 7,500 lots. And, you know, we're we're always actually looking for more because, you know, we really like the, the mechanics of how the mobile home park business works. You know, we're in a kind of a troubled economy out there and you know affordable housing is definitely in and you know with our product of you know offering people you know a lot rent plus a home payment of you know around 500 to 550 a month you know we're coming in you know at about half of what the US apartment average is so it's a very you know high yielding opportunity for us but it's also a great opportunity for our residents and our you know customers because you know we're providing them a great place to live at a very uh, affordable price. Right. And one thing that's interesting about mobile home parks is for those who are convinced the U.S. economy is doomed, which Dave and I are and most people are, uh, it's a very good contrarian play because what you're doing is you're, you're investing and betting on Americans basically getting poorer. As they get poorer, they, they filter on down more and more into mobile home parks. So for those who, who are gloomy forecasters, you know, what better thing than something you can invest in that's, that's based on gloom? Now, we're not the only thing out there that you can invest in that, that is based on a poorer America. I mean, there's, there's you know, I guess Dollar General and some other items. But what makes mobile home parks unique is that not only can you, can you bet on them, but you can get in on the ground floor by buying them direct from, you know, these mom-and-pop sellers. You don't have to go out and buy, a, you know, a, some Dollar General stock. 
and have to pray that they know what they're doing. And, and of course, you're never going to get a really good deal, at least in our opinion, in stocks. But uh, but with mobile home parks, you know, these, these moms and pops who built these things are still alive. They are, they're still selling them. <clears throat> They've got great economics. And you are basically participating in affordable housing. Uh, what, one thing which Dave said, which is 100% correct, but I'll just quantify what the number is, you know, the average apartment rate in the U.S. right now is over 1000 a month. And think about that for a moment. In other words, minimum wage in America is 725 So the average American, before any taxes of any withholding makes, you know, who, who makes minimum wage, is making $1,200 a month. Well, clearly, they cannot afford $12,000 a year in, in apartment rent. It would be their entire gross income. Mobile home parks, however, offer people a place to live that often runs, if they own their own home, as low as a couple hundred dollars a month. And even if you include the home and lot rent in most of our parks, $500 a month. So it is an actual way that they can have a shelter and a detached dwelling and have the, re, you know, the respect of not having you know, neighbors banging on their ceiling and their walls and uh, all within a price tag they can afford even at minimum wage. So <clears throat> that's why we think mobile home parks are, are so darned good. And additionally, you know, it costs $3,000 to move one, which they can't afford to move. So basically, your your customers are there for their lifetime, or the homes at least are there for their lifetime. So it's just a very, very stable business with excellent fundamentals based on, uh, you know, people getting poorer. For sure. And then, uh, you know, kind of a subset of that is, you know, mobile homes and, you know, actually, uh, you know, owning, you know, strictly the mobile homes, you know, there's, there's a lot of different options out there. You could... Uh, own a mobile home in somebody else's mobile home park. You could own a mobile home in your own mobile home park. You could own a mobile home on, you know, uh, its own land. But, you know, there again, you know, if you if you do it right, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, not necessarily uh, proponents of going out and buying a lot of mobile homes in other people's parks because we think the real value and money is in the parks themselves. But, you know, there, you know, you, you can pick up these homes sometimes for, you know, a thousand bucks, two thousand dollars, and you know, turn around and sell them or rent them out, and you know, get your investment back very quickly. Just if you have a good relationship with the park owner, you know, it's a really a team effort. But you know, if you you know don't have the money to go out and buy uh, actual mobile home park, you know, you can team up with a park owner um, who wants you know doesn't really want to buy the mobile homes, and you know, work out a deal where you know they give you concessions, and you're able to. Go out there and you know buy the home. You know, maybe get a reduced lot rent or something while you get it ready to go, and then you know you both make money on it on the you know once it's rented out or sold on you know payments or, or whatever to your resident. Um, so that, you know that's another. You know, it's kind of a subset of it, but it's also a much less costly you know way to get involved at, you know, at least on the ground floor while you uh, you know, build up some equity. Right, and uh, the ne- next opportunity we went over <clears throat> is billboards. And the concept on billboards are, and why they work, are billboards are the least expensive form of advertising. So from an advertiser perspective, from the actual businesses themselves trying to deal with a troubled America, it gives them the lowest cost per thousand exposures of any form of advertising. That's always been Billboard's Hall of Fame, is they're the cheapest. Uh, from an investor standpoint, not only are they the cheapest, they're really the only form of advertising you can jump into without a large amount of money. You know, it's very expensive to open even a small-town newspaper. You'd have to have all the all the equipment. You'd have to have some writers. You'd have to have an office space. You'd have to actually print, you know, produce the paper. Very, very expensive. And, of course, you can't really just jump out there and start up a TV or radio station. Uh, you couldn't just jump out there and start up Voice America. 
So uh, what billboards allow you to do is they allow you to get into the advertising business very inexpensively, all the way down to, well, free if you can find an old abandoned billboard and, and bring it back to life. Low-cost methods would be wooden billboards, what are called those little metal eight sheets we talked about, uh, wallscapes, which are very inexpensive where you attach a vinyl to a wall. Uh, you know, and again, wooden billboards are by far the, the best, the most common. So uh, billboards are a great high-yield opportunity, mainly because they're allowing you to, to produce something for not a whole lot of money that has a very, very good residual cash flow. Uh, we talked about the fact that on the wooden units and the eight-sheet units, those old abandoned units, you, know, you can have re- returns on investment of anywhere from you know, 50% up to an infinity if you have nothing in it. So uh, billboards, we think, are a very good high-yield opportunity right now. For sure. And then the next, you know, one of the other items we talked about was RV parks, and you know, you know, we we think RV parks are more of a, you know, I guess you'd say a lifestyle uh, business, you know, where you actually will typically, you know, move to the RV park, you know, move it to the house or, you know, whatever quarters are are there in the RV park, you know, like similar to like a hotel where you know the manager or the owner lives on site in his own uh, unit. You know, in an RV park, you know, typically the owner is the person that lives there and runs it, and you know, it's kind of more of a lifestyle. But you know, uh, you know, RV park allows you to, you know, typically, you know, you know, purchase with you know good seller financing. You're typically buying from a mom and pop owner who, you know, looking for retirement or you know to move on or buy a bigger RV park or, or, or whatever. And, uh, you know, they, they offer, you know, pretty good returns on investments, you know, as long as you buy the correct RV park, you know, you know, with the, you know, financials and stuff that, you know, we talked about, you know, on one of the earlier shows, you have to have a good return on your investment, but, you know, they give you, you know, basically, you know, free living quarters, you know, you don't, you're not paying rent because you, you're, you're, you know, getting that for free by living there and, um, and, you know, you have a, you have a very good diversity of customers. You know, you're not dealing with, you know, like a mobile home park where you have the same, you know, tenants, you know, coming in and paying your rent every month. You know, with an RV park, you could have, you know, a different set of 50 people every single night. So, um, you know, you're, it, it's more of a, you know, I guess a customer-friendly business, but, you know, it's very, you know, can be very rewarding. You know, I, you know, ran an RV park, you know, you know, for a few months, and you know, it was actually you know pretty good. You know, I just it was part of another investment, and I sold it, and and you know, you know, it's not for everybody. But if you're looking to escape the you know monotony of you know you know working nine to fives, you know, somebody for somebody else, you know, it's a great way to you know get into business yourself if you if you buy the right property. Right. I mean, another way to look at it would be, you know, if you like to live in in a resort area or some place out there in the great outdoors. You, know, you can buy an entire RV park for what you might buy for uh, pay for a house. Right. Right. So your house, well, you know, what income comes from your house? Well, nothing. I mean, you might have some tenants in the form of squirrels in your attic, <clears throat> but they're probably not paying rent. Uh, but with the RV park, you actually have a place to live exactly along the lines and the plans of how you wanted to retire or live. And at the same time, you have income, and then on top of that, for the for the right operator. Who, who really loves the business? You also have that constant daily interaction with people, so they don't get you know they they get the best of all worlds. They get to live where they want, they get money, and then they also get that that constant interaction with their customers. So, you know, for the right person, uh, you know, an RV park is is a blessing because it gives them pretty much everything they want out of life. Uh, the, the, the next one we had talked about were self storage facilities. 
<clears throat> again, the, the main play on self-storage, again, harkens back to a, a troubled economy because people are moving around looking for jobs. People are downscaling. People are losing their homes. You know, all, those, all those things I just mentioned, those normally require storing your goods until you get resettled, or in some cases, forever. And so that's what makes self-storage a high-yield opportunity in a troubled economy because it's, it's basically built on a troubled economy. Uh, the the you know the big plus to self storage is there's no people living in those units so your operational duties are nowhere near as bad nor is your liability uh, so we think self storage is, is an excellent you know high yield opportunity for people who you know want to own and operate self storage facilities right and you know like we said you know before was self storage is a great add on business you know if you have a you know if you have a mobile home park or RV park or you know some vacant land that's you know Pretty, pretty uh, valuable, and they're you know kind of a you know dense dens- density problem, and there's a lot of apartments nearby. You know, you can you know oftentimes uh, you know you know do well with a small st- storage facility in those type of situations, and you know they're not that expensive to build, um, but you just want to make sure you're building them in the right places. Right, exactly. So uh, uh, next item, you know, we talked about, and this kind of ties back with you know whether you're buying a business or. A mobile home park, an apartment, you know, an RV park, whatever it is, is you've got to do, you've got to do proper diligence. You know, you can't ever go out there and buy a property. You know, you know, you know, you know any type of investment property unless you do your, you know, full due diligence on that property. And that, you know, you know, obviously you're looking through the financial records and you know, looking at the zoning zoning laws and um, you know what what happens if you know what what happens if the property is uh, destroyed in some way, can you rebuild it? And, um, you, know, you know, all those different types of diligence. You know, we talked about phase ones and surveys and, you know, titling issues. You know, all those are very, very important. You should never buy any property unless you do property or due diligence on it. Right. Okay, well, I guess we're going to go to break, and then when we come back, we're going to go over some more of these high-yield opportunities. And, again, this is Frank Roth and Dave Reynolds with High Yield. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you are looking for the highest yielding niches in real estate, then go to Commercial Real Estate University at CREUniversity.com. This website is devoted to exploring the few niches of real estate that can still generate 20% plus returns on your money and offers you college-quality courses on how to locate, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around, and operate the hottest sectors of real estate today. Mobile home parks, billboards, RV parks, and self-storage. All of the materials are written and produced by Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds based on their experiences in over $150 million of real estate bought and sold. If you're looking for real estate investments that make more than low single digits, and if you're looking for 100% facts with no sales pitch, then go to CREUniversity.com or call 800-950-1364. That number again is 800-950-1364. Or visit the website at CREUniversity.com. The affordability gap in this country is considerable. There are simply not enough affordable places to live for the millions of lowest-income households. Jeff Mueller of Marcus and Millichap is one of the nation's top manufactured housing community brokers. 
As a specialist in the manufactured housing industry, please contact Jeff Mueller to help capitalize on the growing demand of affordable housing. Whether you're an investor looking to achieve double-digit returns or an owner considering expanding your position through a tax-deferred exchange, Jeff Mueller can help. Please call Jeff at 303-328-2049. That's 303-328-2049. Hi, I'm Kurt Kelly, president of Mobile Insurance. Mobile is a specialty investment property insurance agency. Parks, self-storage facilities, rental properties, commercial buildings. We offer the coverage you need, explained clearly, and low rates. Call us at 800-458-4320 or visit us at mobileagency.com because we understand how to insure investment properties. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to High Yield with Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. If you have a question or comment about our program this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to frank.rolfe at gmail.com. Now, back to High Yield. Welcome back to High Yield, the show that explores path to prosperity in a troubled U.S. economy. This is Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds, and yes, I am sick, but don't worry, I will make it to the end. Uh, we've been going over the different types of high-yield opportunities we've been discussing over these last 13 weeks. Uh, next up to bat is starting a business. This is something that <clears throat> Dave and I do all the time, and it's not a, good, uh, it's not a bad idea for anyone to, to jump on the bandwagon. Uh, basically, America was built with, with small businesses started by entrepreneurs. Even the big, biggest businesses in America today all began in normally in someone's garage or coffee table or before the days of cars and garages, maybe back in the stables or something. Uh, but the great part about starting a business is you are totally in control. You call all the shots. If you win, you win big. If you lose, at least you know you're going to lose early on and can hopefully work around making it not too bad. Uh, but it's, it's, it's to Dave and I a very refreshing way to spend life because it, it's exciting. Uh, it's, there's a lot of enrichment, personal enrichment and financial if you, if you can do well at it. So we think starting a business is an excellent idea. You know, there, there are always opportunities out there, even in a troubled economy. Uh, people want to buy things cheaper. People are always wanting better service. You've got the aging of the baby boomers, which is a huge, you know, opportunity creator right there. 10,000 folks a day retiring. You know, there's all kinds of businesses sprouting up to serve that group. There, there are these new retirement coaches that are coming out, all kinds of things. So basically, we think starting a business is another excellent way to, to prosper in a bad economy. For sure, and you know, with starting a business, you know, you know, it's typically something that you can do, you know, with you know more so of your just your time rather than a, a lot of money on the front end. So, it's a great way, you know, whether it's a, you know, just a hobby business you do, you know, for some additional income, you know, after your regular job that you know could you know, grow into something bigger, or you know, it can just be, you know, something that you you have your kids start, you know. So it's a great way to, you know, just kind of test the waters out there. Yeah, and playing off something Dave just said, for example, just to give you a, a, a couple quick ones because I read, read a lot of business biographies, you know, Halliburton, the joy, giant oil field service company, <clears throat> uh, the Halliburton started with a guy selling sandwiches out of a tiny aluminum fishing boat. 
So that was Halliburton. It was a guy out there going out to offshore oil crews, uh, selling them sandwiches. And from there, he segued in the, into parts, later into pipe, all kinds of junk. But he was really just a, a guy by himself with a picnic basket of sandwiches and a little tiny aluminum boat. Uh, a, a, uh, another starting from zero example. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, well, I'm trying to think of another good good one like that one, Dave. I've, I've suddenly blanked on that. That Halliburton's my best one. So let's just let's okay. Yeah, I'll come on that soon. Yeah. Okay. Another thing here. You know, you know, one of the <laughs> other things that you know both Frank and I have done is you know we've moved you know kind of out of the big city. You know, you know Frank from Dallas and you know myself from Denver. Um, you know, we both moved to a small town and. You know, you know, I was just reading or, or listening to the radio the other day. You know, the the average commute time in you know some of these major cities is like you know, you know, an hour and a half, two hours. You know, just to go ten or fifteen miles, and you know, that's something that we don't have to deal with. You know, basically, my commute time is a you know about a twenty second walk you know, to my office from my house, and you know, I, I'm at work and I'm not wasting an hour and a half you know in the car both ways to work. So, you know, it's a a very you know very profitable. Thing for us, you know, where we actually are are working out of our own homes, or you know, working you know locally in a small town. Right, and, and, and Dave, I remember my other example of starting from nothing. Real quick, it's the the Bass Pro Shop chain, which began with a guy selling fishing equipment out of his father's gas station. I only know this because I used to have a mobile home park down the street from it. It's on Sunshine Highway in Springfield, Missouri, is where it all began. And they, you know, basically a teenager, a young adult selling. Fishing rods and lures and uh, like minnows and things out of a gas station. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some great, you know, great stories. You know, there's and there's just a ton of them out there. All right. Well, ne- next one we have uh, moving to a small town. You know, one, one of I, I've always been a city dweller until about seven years ago. I'd always wondered what small town living would would be like. I had spent some summers in some small towns with some relatives in Kansas. And I really loved small-town living, so I finally took the plunge about eight years ago, and it's been the best thing of all time. Uh, you know, small-town living is the place to be in a troubled U.S. economy. Uh, I, I love the fact there there's no hassles, there's no lines. I can go in any restaurant anytime I want. don't have to have a reservation. don't have to go in and wait. Uh, I, I even like the fact that everybody knows your business. I like the fact that I've got all these eyes and ears open looking out for what I'm doing, looking out for what's going on. To me, it gives me greater security. Uh, so I, I just can't find one thing I don't love about living in a small town. And if you're unhappy where you are in the big city with all of the crime and the issues that are coming up with the economy going down the drain, you know, you might ponder small-town living. Now, you don't have to live out in the middle of, of Timbuktu. You know, I live in a small town of 5,000, but we're only 45 minutes from the big city amenities of St. Louis. So I can, if my daughter wants to go to the, you know, Hollister store in the mall, we get in the car and 45 minutes we're there. But we're just beyond the normal metro market. So, you know, basically very few people are, are willing to drive, you know, 45 minutes to an hour as part of their daily commute. So I'm just beyond the fringe of how far people will go. And as a result, I have virtually no crime. Uh, we have no, no lines, no waits, no issues, a great school district. So, you know, we think small-town living is a, is a great plus in, in a troubled world. For sure. Okay, and then, you know, the next item is, you know, mastering public speaking. And, you know, this is, you know, Frank's forte, so you know, I'm just going to have to defer to you, Frank. Well, there you go. Uh, you know, the beauty of public speaking is <clears throat> if you're willing to do it, it's a huge high-yield opportunity because most people don't want to do it. 
So, you know, it's, it's, it's a super career builder. It's a super way to get ahead in things. And what's neat is it's one of the few times that that super opportunity is available to anyone daring enough to take it. So not only should everyone be clamoring to give the speech, it's the reverse. Most people are terrified and, and, and run away from it. So if you're willing to take it, uh, it can do great things for you. In fact, Dave and I first met where, where I was giving a speech at a uh, mobile home uh, convention, and, and Dave was as well. So public speaking is a, is a, is a great high-yield opportunity in and of itself. Additionally, on almost everything we've just described, whether it's a, starting a business or even you know getting the financing for you know your mobile home park or RV park, whatever you're doing, you know you have to interact with people, you have to present to people. So it's 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 a very very important skill to get a high yield opportunity going. All right, so now we're going to go over some of the things all these have in common. You know, those are different high yield opportunities we've gone over on all these weeks. So the next question is, what what do these have in common? <clears throat> and the and the first one is, you know, it's basically taking the path less taken. And what does that mean? It means there's lower competition. I mean, I, I don't know about you, Dave, but I have never in my entire life at a PTA meeting, cocktail party, Christmas function, anything, ever met anyone in my circle of people I know who is involved with any of the lists we just described. Right. Yeah, I have to you know, say the same thing. You know, you know, people people have no idea what we do, and, you know, there's just nobody out there. You know, the other day, you know, somebody was, you know, was a coaching basketball, and somebody said, yeah, you know, I heard this. You know, somebody was asking me what 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 I did for a living, and I said I invest in mobile home parks. And he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I heard somebody else around here does it, and he owns, you know, like seventy five parks and all that." I said, "Well, that's me, you know, because I'm sure there's nobody else in town that owns seventy five mobile home parks." So, yeah, it's just it's just there is very very limited competition out there for almost everything we just described. Yeah. So so you know if you if you you know. Believe in the theories of competition. Obviously, the lower the competition, the greater success rate because you're not having to compete as much. For sure. Uh, and I know my daughter uh, you know, runs track, and this year they moved her skill up to to Division Two. And what that means is all the times last year that would take you to state, this year won't even get you into state because it's much greater competition. So obviously, the direction you want to head is where there's less competition rather than more competition. For sure. And then uh, you know the next item here, you know, in basically every single one of the you know the different niches that we talked about, you know, is betting on the you know, continued decline and you know, of the U.S. economy. Um, you know, with mobile home parks, you know, we're betting on affordable housing is very in demand. You know, billboards, cheaper advertising, RV parks. You know, you know people not you know driving and staying in hotels and flying all over the country and just you know getting in the RV and saving money and you know living in their RV. Right. Um, you know, just basically all those different items, you know, are based on, you know, you know, you know, they they still prosper in a good economy, but you know, if the economy stays, you know, horrible, you know, we're we're still having a huge demand for all of those different items. Right. And uh, next is been on the power of the baby boom's retirement. And again, uh, I can't say enough because it's such an interesting statistic, but there's 10,000 people a day right now retiring who are baby boomers. Boomers are I think boomers are 1951 to 1964. If you were born in those years, you're a you're a baby boomer, and you know so many of these opportunities are built on those 10,000 folks a day. You know, mobile home parks because the average person who's retiring is it only has a 1,200 a month Social Security payment. So many of them wind up in mobile home parks. It affects mobile homes. It affects RV parks. It help, it affects self storage facilities <clears throat> because they're they're moving around. Uh, there's great starting of business opportunities there as a result. 
So basically, you know, we think that's a, it's a giant trend, and all these things we've been going over these last 13 weeks are there to, to try to take advantage of that trend. For sure. And then, you know, the next item is, you know, we're, we're kind of betting that, you know, everybody always wants something, you know, something of quality, but they need it, you know, a little bit cheaper. And, you know, the, the, the same thing goes with, you know, everything we just talked about, you know, all these items, you know, we're providing the, you know, more, the cheaper or less expensive alternative for, for, uh, you know, almost every, every single one of them. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, um, you know, the cheaper living or cheaper storage space or, or whatever. You know, we're all, you know, people are looking for a good value, and that's what we provide in you know, all of our niches. Right. <clears throat> Next is getting out of the rat race. Uh, and, you know, which of these get you out of the rat race? Well, obviously, starting a business gets you personally out of one, uh, as does RV park investing, <clears throat> as does other commercial real estate investing, if it allows you to, to get out of your day job. Uh, but additionally on that, you know, more and more people as a macro whole in America are getting sick of the rat race. People are just tired with the whole thing. And as they as they drop out of mainstream living, some of those net effects also yield back to these opportunities. And uh, it's looking like, Dave, we need to go to break here. So we're going to go to break, and then we'll come back in a few moments. This is Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds with High Yield. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. If you are looking for the highest yielding niches in real estate, then go to Commercial Real Estate University at CREUniversity.com. This website is devoted to exploring the few niches of real estate that can still generate 20% plus returns on your money and offers you college-quality courses on how to locate, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around, and operate the hottest sectors of real estate today. Mobile home parks, billboards, RV parks, and self-storage. All of the materials are written and produced by Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds based on their experiences in over $150 million of real estate bought and sold. If you're looking for real estate investments that make more than low single digits, and if you're looking for 100% facts with no sales pitch, then go to CREUniversity.com or call 800-950-1364. That number again is 800-950-1364. Or visit the website at CREUniversity.com. Hi, I'm Kurt Kelly president of Mobile Insurance. Mobile is a specialty investment property insurance agency. Parks, self-storage facilities, rental properties, commercial buildings. We offer the coverage you need, explained clearly, and low rates. Call us at 800-458-4320 or visit us at mobileagency.com because we understand how to insure investment properties. The affordability gap in this country is considerable. There are simply not enough affordable places to live for the millions of lowest-income households. Jeff Mueller of Marcus and Millichap is one of the nation's top manufactured housing community brokers. As a specialist in the manufactured housing industry, please contact Jeff Mueller to help capitalize on the growing demand of affordable housing. Whether you're an investor looking to achieve double-digit returns or an owner considering expanding your position through a tax-deferred exchange, Jeff Mueller can help. Please call Jeff at 303-328-2049. 
That's 303-328-2049. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to High Yield with Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. If you have a question or comment about our program this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to frank.rolfe at gmail.com. Now, back to High Yield. Welcome back to High Yield. And today we're going over again the uh, last 13 weeks of different high-yield opportunities we've been reviewing with you. And we're, right now we're going over things that all of them have in common. Uh, this next one is a huge one. This is something that if you like the book uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, you probably learned of the term multiple streams of income. It's been around for a long time, but it's never been more important than right now. With all the uncertainty people have in their day jobs, it's always good to have a night job and some various sideline jobs and different things because you never know when one of those income streams will be cut off. And if you're relying on just that one, you're in deep trouble. So think of it as a bunch of little streams running by your house where you get your water supply. You know, if one suddenly goes dry, you still have water. But if you only have one big stream that you get all your water out of and it goes dry, well, then you're in real trouble. So, you know, we think multiple streams of income is a, is a super important concept that hopefully everyone has a little bit of. I mean, even folks retiring, they hopefully have Social Security is one stream, and then they've got their... You know, possibly a pension would be another stream. Then their investment income would be another stream. Maybe they then start a business. That would be another stream. Maybe they also take part of their retirement earnings, you know, do a do some kind of uh, investment in a mobile home park or RV park, and there's another stream. But you can't have, in today's world, enough streams. <clears throat> and Dave and I are in the mobile home park business, and the folks we see that survive the best in the park business are the ones where they have multiple streams of income. Even though they earn minimum wage, they've got their day job at Taco Bell, and then they mow lawns on, you know, uh, on the weekends. Uh, meanwhile, the wife might sell Mary Kay or something. Uh, sometimes even the kids have jobs, part-time jobs, maybe a Dairy Queen, you know, five hours a day. But, you know, there's no greater sense of security in today's world than having multiple streams of income. For sure. And the next item is, you know, basically just minimizing your risk. You know, you, you know with you know, when we talk about multiple streams of income, you know, we're, we're saying, you know, one of those, uh, you know, streams could go bad, but, you know, with minimizing your risk, you know, you're basically building, you know, you're, you're, you're buying, you know, different, different, uh, you know, items, you know, you might have, uh, you know, a mobile home park, you might have an RV park, but, you know, you're going to have these other items out there and you're not going to ever go put everything into one basket. You know, you can, you start a business, but you can minimize your risk by, you know, building it slowly, you know, using your time rather than all your money to build it overnight. Um, so, you know, the, the big thing is you don't want to, you know, put all your, you know, all your, all your retirement, all your savings into into one basket, especially if you're older. You know, when, you know if you're younger, you, know, you can always, you know, go and earn it back. But, you know, once you, you know, get older, you, you, you've got to have different different areas and different baskets where, you know, you have, you know, you know your risk level is not, you know, overwhelming, you know, can, can't all go away in one day. Right. I mean, you know, Dave and I are more than happy to buy real estate because we feel like when you buy real estate, you got an asset that you bought that came with it. And we're happy starting a business if it's on a shoestring with not much money. But, for example, we would probably never uh, buy or start a franchise because you basically you, you throw your life savings in 
and you don't have anything tangible that goes with it. You know, typically with a franchise of some type, you don't have any real estate, you don't have any hard assets at all. You just throw, you know, $100,000, $300,000, even $20,000 into something <clears throat> that's kind of a concept that somebody else had and supposedly it'll work, but you don't know for sure. You know, and we find that kind of thing very risky. So we, we prefer things. If you're going to start a business, start it cheap, build it over time, or buy real estate or something that's, that's tangible that you have. Right, it's like it's like investing in gold, which at least is tangible, versus some, you know, junk bond, which is totally intangible. And what do you have at the end of the day? If they go up uh, upside down, you've got a piece of paper you can you know use as a as a tablecloth or something. So <clears throat> we think minimizing risk is a huge, huge item that you want to definitely be you know proactively looking towards in this troubled economy. And now now we're going to go over a segment just called you know how, how have all these different things we've been going over the last 13 weeks you know, changed our lives. <clears throat> and the first one is financial independence. And what it means by that, it doesn't mean that, you know, Dave and I get off on sitting around on a yacht somewhere in, you know, Michigan uh, doing nothing. Uh, but what it does mean is you, you can do what you want to do as far as you don't have a boss. <coughs> you, you, you know, you pretty much call the shots yourself. Uh, you know, it, it gives you a, just a, a lot of, of power to do what you want to do with your life work the hours you want to work, live where you want to live, do what you want to do. So <clears throat> being financially independent to us is not so much, you know, wasting money and going and buying, you know, a Rolex for every day of the week. But what we look at that as being is it gives us the ability to do whatever we want to do. You know, in our case, we like to work and hang out in our little home offices. But, you know, we, we couldn't do that if we had a regular job because we'd have to, you know, put on a suit and go downtown to the regular job and, and come home. So... <clears throat> but we think financial independence is, is is a great thing if used properly. It could, all, it could also be used negatively. I mean, there's many people who have been ruined through financial independence because they 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 go on some strange path of self-destruction out of their boredom or something. But if used properly, to us, it means the ability to to do what we want to do <clears throat> and and not have to worry about having a regular job. For sure. The next item is, you know, it's really it's really helped so that, you know, if we want to, you know, coach our kids in, you know, basketball or baseball or, you know, just attend the attend the, the events and, you know, sometimes the tournaments and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, we're actually able to, you know, break off from work and, and go and, you know, watch those events. You know, you know Frank, Frank you know, travels around all over the place with his daughter and is able to, you know, see all our basketball and volleyball games and, you know, most of our stuff is you know here locally, but you know we're able to to go see that and coach and actually go and you know spend the Saturday and you know play baseball or whatever. So it's 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 very nice to be able to be involved with your family's life where you're not spending you know three hours a day commuting in your car and you never get to see the family. Right, exactly. And of course, you know, most school activities like my daughter's activities, many of those start at <clears throat> three and four in the afternoon. I mean, some some of the games started. At five, some start at six, but even then, there's an, sometimes an up to an hour travel time. So, you know, if you have a normal job, it's really hard to go to those events. And I feel sorry for a lot of the parents because when I go there, often I'm the only one there, or there might be four or five people there, and the rest of them would love to be there, but they can't because they're at work and they can't get off to go to the volleyball or basketball game or whatever the case may be. Uh, the next one is <clears throat> getting up excited every day. You know, I get up excited every day, as I think Dave does. Uh, I mean, I, n I never, when I wake up, think, oh, man, I don't want to get up. I never have that feeling. 
Uh, I always it's the sleep opposite. well. I'm sorry? It's the opposite. Right, it's just the opposite. I mean, I, I can't go to bed because I, I, uh, I, I want more. I want to I stay up and, and keep going. And so, it, you know, what, what more refreshing thing in life than to look on every morning with dread than to look up uh, with excitement to get up? And uh, so we think that's a, that's, a, that's a huge factor in these different high-yield opportunities is, you know, if you pick the right one and match it up to your goals, <clears throat> it, it, you'll, you'll find yourself energized. You know, I can envision myself 80 years old and still all excited to get up and, you know, get on the phone and do something. So uh, I think it's, it, that's another huge one is getting excited every day. For sure. Um, the next one is, you know, you don't really look forward to retirement. You know, I you know I have people ask me all the time, you know, why don't you retire or, or when are you going to retire? And, you know, I, I, I'm not exactly sure what retirement would look like because I don't know what I would, you know, do with my time because, you know, I, I really like what I'm doing. You know, I love to get up in the morning and go to work and, you know, you know, build different businesses and, you know, acquire more properties and, and all of that. You know, I don't know exactly what retirement would look like, so... Even though, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, probably would happen someday. You know, it's not something I'm looking forward to. And, you know, it's not like I'm going to hold a big retirement party and, you know, try to get my gold watch for, you know, after being with the company so long because that's not what I want. I want to stick here and, you know, keep going. You know, that's, that's what I, you know, really, you know, keeps us, you know, keeps me driven and that's what I like to do. Yeah, see, and I do know what retirement looks like because I retired once in 96. <clears throat> I sold my billboard business and, Everyone around me said, well, then, then you just retire. That's what my family members said, neighbors said, everybody said. It's kind of like uh, you know, Beverly Hillbillies where they say, hey, Jed, move to California IA or something. So I just assumed that the goal in life was to retire. I didn't know any better. Uh, so here I was. Suddenly I had this business, and then the business is sold. I have no business. I have no employees. I've got nothing. <clears throat> so I decide, well, then I guess I, I, guess I retire. So I quit. And uh, and then you fast forward from that in a few weeks. And initially, it was exciting for the first few weeks because the first few weeks, you know, you, you sleep late, <clears throat> you go out to lunch, you know, everything's everything's kind of fun. And then after about three weeks, the, the the boredom sets in, and then it just becomes one of the most depressing things you can humanly do. You sit there, you have nothing to do, watching the clock move. There's nothing to do. Basically, all there is to do is eat. So immediately following lunch, you fantasize about dinner. <laughs> At dinner, you fantasize about maybe ice cream. Uh, when you go to bed, you fantasize about breakfast. <laughs> it, it's like it's like being in a nursing home. I, I found it phenomenally depressing. <clears throat> Wouldn't recommend it to anybody. So you know anyone around you who tells you, "Oh, retirement would be so neat," they, they are they are so totally wrong. They have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, retiring is not neat. It's not fun. It's not interesting. It's not productive. It's just horrid. And I know I hear people all the time tell me, I can't wait to retire. I'll play golf all day. You, you can't play golf all day, right? I mean, you cannot have a meaningful life and play golf all day. Uh, life involves interaction with people. There has to be some kind of goal, something of value going on there. You can't just go out and play golf all day. I think you, you might be able to do it for a few months. Travel, same thing, maybe a few months. But, but retirement is an awful thing, so don't ever think about retirement. If you want to retire, you need to change what you're doing into something you enjoy more so you don't fantasize about it because it's a horrible, horrible thing. Uh, sure. next, next up is building a future for our descendants. <clears throat> you know, we're, we're, one neat thing about when you start a business is you control it, you own it, you run it, 
whether it's a business or real estate, it's yours, and you can do with it what you want. And often that includes including family members in it, you know, building some kind of nest egg for future generations. We've got, uh, you know, uh, Dave's son works with him. I dream of my daughter working with me someday. So we think that's it's a it's a cool thing, and I see we have, need to go to break. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be going over some more high-yield opportunities and thoughts. So we'll be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. If you are looking for the highest yielding niches in real estate, then go to Commercial Real Estate University at CREUniversity.com. This website is devoted to exploring the few niches of real estate that can still generate 20% plus returns on your money and offers you college-quality courses on how to locate, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around, and operate the hottest sectors of real estate today. Mobile home parks, billboards, RV parks, and self-storage. All of the materials are written and produced by Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds based on their experiences in over $150 million of real estate bought and sold. If you're looking for real estate investments that make more than low single digits, and if you're looking for 100% facts with no sales pitch, then go to CREUniversity.com or call 800-950-1364. That number again is 800-950-1364. Or visit the website at CREUniversity.com. The affordability gap in this country is considerable. There are simply not enough affordable places to live for the millions of lowest-income households. Jeff Mueller of Marcus and Millichap is one of the nation's top manufactured housing community brokers. As a specialist in the manufactured housing industry, please contact Jeff Mueller to help capitalize on the growing demand of affordable housing. Whether you're an investor looking to achieve double-digit returns or an owner considering expanding your position through a tax-deferred exchange, Jeff Mueller can help. Please call Jeff at 303-328-2049. That's 303-328-2049. Hi, I'm Kurt Kelly, president of Mobile Insurance. Mobile is a specialty investment property insurance agency. Parks, self-storage facilities, rental properties, commercial buildings. We offer the coverage you need, explained clearly, and low rates. Call us at 800-458-4320 or visit us at mobileagency.com because we understand how to insure investment properties. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to High Yield with Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. If you have a question or comment about our program this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Frank. Dot Rolf at gmail.com. Now, back to High Yield. Welcome back to High Yield, the show that explores path to prosperity in a troubled America. <clears throat> We're going over different uh, items now, which are the benefits to following these different paths we've shown out, thrown out there for the last 13 weeks. 
uh, next up to bat is controlling our own destiny and being our own bosses. You know, it's it's fun. You know, as much unfun as it may be retiring, it is fun being your own boss. You know, I've only ever worked in an office situation in summer jobs in high school and college. And I didn't really mind having a boss then, but I know that most adults find it a little, I don't know what, less than pleasing having somebody who, who can tell them what they have to do, who critiques what they do. Often they feel their boss, you know, treats them unjustly or doesn't give them the correct credit. You know, it's it's great to sidestep all of that and be your own boss because you don't have to answer to anybody. You don't have to prove your worth to anybody. You just kind of do what you want to do. And whether you sink or, uh, or swim, it's all up to you. Uh, so, I mean, that is, that is a huge benefit to these different opportunities we've thrown out there. Uh, right. And, you know, I, you know, I'd you know, take it a little bit further and just say that, you know, you know, if you're, you know, if you're working for somebody else and, you know, you have a great idea or you want to implement something, you know, you have to you know, basically run it up the flagpole or, or, you know, get approval somewhere else. But, you know, if you're running your own business and, um, you're, you're basically the one making those decisions, so you can, you can actually enact those. You know, oftentimes you'll have a partner and uh, and things like that, so you'll have to talk some of those through. But you know, for the most part, you know, when you when you're in control, you can you, you basically live or die with your decisions, and you know, hopefully you're you're making the right ones. But you know, it's uh, very uh, rewarding when you make the right decision and it turns out great, and you know, you know, builds uh, you know value in your business, you know, provides you more income, and you know, be able to grow your business. Yeah, absolutely, that's a good point. Uh, finally, is making a difference in the world. You know, it's it's one thing just to go, try and go through life making money and paying the bills, but it's an entirely different thing if you actually have a bigger picture to all of it. Uh, that bigger picture may be, you know, trying to cure cancer, trying to help people, whatever the case may be. There's nothing that's more exciting and enriching than having some kind of higher purpose to whatever you're doing. It's very hard to have the higher purpose when you work for somebody else because. You know, often it's their purpose, and you're just one tiny cog in the wheel, and you're not really sure what you, in fact, do to the overall good by being there. But when you have your own business or your own real estate or whatever you do, <clears throat> it allows you to have some control and to sometimes have a higher purpose in, in what you're doing. You know, a good example from uh, you know, a book I read recently was you know, Steve Jobs at Apple, all, you know, although in, probably not the nicest guy ever and definitely did have his own uh, idiosyncrasies. It was interesting how much that often at Apple the whole goal was to build something, you know, phenomenal that would change the world. You know, whether it was the personal computer or the iPhone, you know, it, it was neat that they were not completely profit-driven, but in fact were were trying to build something bigger than profit, and that wasn't you know trying to build something that was lasting and of, of value. In fact, I saw in, a, in an old movie recently. A, uh, a businessman said to someone in this old 1930s movie, when they asked why he was succeeding, he said, because I don't worry about my profits, I worry about my customers' profits. And by that he meant not only financial, but also just the profits of of bettering people's lives. So making a difference in the world is really really an important function. Uh, you know, that, that pretty much wraps up our first 13 weeks here at High Yield. And, you know, we hope we've given you some ideas that might change your life. They're, they're all ideas that have changed ours. And we'd like to make some predictions for the future and how these past 13 weeks can change your life even more dramatically in the days ahead because these are all different things we see happening as time unfolds that will have some impact. And hopefully uh, you'll benefit from those if you follow those uh, those different high-yield opportunities we went over. Uh, first one is the continual decline in the U.S. economy. You know, we, we are convinced, you know, I was an economics major in college, and, and I, I could give you my personal guarantee 
economically as a nation, we are in for some extremely difficult times ahead. Uh, not only are we so awash in social programs, you probably saw during the election that 47% of all Americans are on some form of social program, <clears throat> but we, it's, it's impossible to do the things that need to be done to, to right the ship because the folks that are on the social programs and such will not vote in a manner because they don't want to lose their, their little bit of the program. So you've got uh, you know, a majority of folks, basically, or near, nearly a majority that are liking free stuff. And the problem is, how do you pay for all the free stuff? And, and so it, it's going to be tough. And again, I, you know, I've, I think we're going into uncharted territory as a nation economically. So, sure. Yeah, you know, you know, like we've talked about you know, several times now, but, you know, just, uh, it's important to reiterate is, you know, there's, there's going to be you know, more pressure for affordable housing, you know, cheaper ways to live, you know, whether it's uh, you know, living in a small town where, you know, housing prices are cheaper or living in a mobile home or a cheaper apartment or, or, or something, you know, we're, we're not seeing a you know, huge uh, boom in, you know, high-end houses right now. We're seeing a boom in affordable, you know, people need affordable housing. And, you know, our phone's ringing off the hook in our mobile home parks for, you know, people, you know, just, just need somewhere to live, um, you know, where they can actually you know, have a home and, 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 you know, be able to afford to, you know, to eat and you have a roof over their heads, pay their utility bills and, and all of that. So, you know, we, we know, you know, with all these baby boomers retiring and, you know, the, you know, uncertainty of the government and the social programs and all that, you know, there's just going to be a continued demand for this affordable housing. And we, we love that, that niche right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Next is there's going to be continued more insecurity in the workplace and more job instability, and what that will yield is more opportunities in self-storage, mobile home parks, <clears throat> all, all kinds of things, starting businesses that, that relate to that function. But, you know, you, you've seen all the continual headlines of layoffs and, you know, the whole idea of lifetime employment that America was built on, it's kind of gone out the window now, so we don't, we don't see that coming back anytime soon. Uh, and, and on that note also, you know, you've got some changes in, in you know, military defense uh, coming up, there, there are huge cutbacks that are happening behind the scenes you're not seeing. Uh, I see them here in my small town because we have a one employer who retrofits military aircraft. They've laid off 150 people over the last 30 days. <clears throat> no one knows if they'll even survive. You know, our, we've been at war for so long, everyone just assumed that the military machine would keep on producing aircraft and parts and Humvees and things. But, you know, we're, we're about to exit a lot of those conflicts and they've learned from those conflicts that the war has changed. And so, you, again, you'll see more instability in, in the defense arena, which is a very large employer. So, again, these all harken back to things we've been going over these last 13 weeks. Right. And then, you know, the, I guess kind of the final thought here is, you know, we're, we, we, we believe you're going to be in a world, you know, where you have to be fast, smart, and, you know, have multiple streams of income. Or, you know, unfortunately, you know, if you're – you're not doing those things, you know, you're, you could end up on a social program yourself, um, you know, if you're not already on one. So, you know, you've really got to, you know, start taking the, you know, the bull by the horns and getting out there and, you know, you know developing these multiple streams of income, you know, trying to, trying to, you know, put your time and efforts to work to, to start building, you know, for your own retirement and savings and, you know, to, you know, you'll be able to live, you know, when you, when you're no longer able to work. Yeah, I mean, this is this is no time for complacency, for sure. This is time you got to proactively take action to to save you and your family from, often from ruin. So, <clears throat> this is this is a time you need to go over these different ideas we've thrown out to you, and hopefully embrace a few of them, or one of them, or maybe even all of them. 
Uh, and again, we you know we really want to thank everyone for listening to us for the last 13 weeks. And we you know we sincerely hope that something we said ha- has made your life better or will make your life better in the future. And again, this is Frank Rolfe and and Dave Reynolds and uh, here at High Yield. So thanks a lot. Thanks again for tuning in to High Yield. Please join Frank and Dave next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great and profitable week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.